Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello, I'm Gary YouTube from Cultaholic.com, and are you ready to do some more remote Self-isolation, Gary YouTubing in the form of yet another tiered list. This time, I'm joined by Gary YouTube, who's down here. So I've got to look down there to see his yeah, pretty little I'm face. all over the place. You're on both sides of my screen. There's notes everywhere. This I'm is a mess. All sorts. It's, uh, it's mental, isn't it? Hopefully it goes all right. If it doesn't, please be understanding. We're trying <laughs> our very best. Gary, how are you today? I'm not bad. How have you been coping? I'm going, obviously we've got it a lot better off than most people have in our job, I I fully recognise that, but being in this tiny one bedroom flat, every hour of the day is driving me stir crazy, Radio Rental, how are you? Well, we've been inside for about five-ish days now, so I think we're going to, later on we're going to go for a small walk, Uh, but mainly just been uh, watching Tiger King on Netflix, um, playing Animal Crossing, you've not seen it? I still need to see it. It's... It's like, imagine if you set a house on fire, and then everybody's like, no, this is awful, this is terrible, and then somebody at the end's like, yeah, it's awful, and then just throws another, like, litre of gas on it. (laughs) (laughs) And at the end of every episode, you're like, this can't possibly get any worse, and it just dials it up by a hundred. And speaking about things you couldn't think could get any worse, we're talking about today the Undertaker's wrestling matches. Yay! Which are getting worse and worse and worse every single time. Money Michelle makes him step inside the ring. But of course, we're here today (laughs) to speak about his WrestleMania streak, which ended with, well, after 21 and 1, he ended against Brock Lesnar, WrestleMania 30. We're going to include Brock Lesnar in his tiered list. Yep. Let's hit the bloody intro, Sam, Gary, whatever the hell your name is. I don't know what's <laughs> going on. <laughs> Just in case you haven't been here before, you know how these tier things work, don't you? We've got several tiers here. The best, lovely, 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 all right, just about bearable and get in the bin. Gary, with your mug of straight vodka, are you ready to go? I am. I can't see the the tier list here, though, so you're going to have to... Just make sure you, you really reinforce and where stuff's going. I'll paint the picture for you. Don't worry, I'm an artist. So we're starting <laughs> things off with WrestleMania 11, The Undertaker versus King Kong Bundy. Five. 
and all that stuff. <laughs> um, obviously, this was in the midst of a big old feud between the uh, the Undertaker and Ted DiBiase's Million Dollar Corporation, who yes. had the urn, the source of the Undertaker's mystical powers. Sam, it was Gary. still very much the comic book age, wasn't it? It very much was. And we had an aging King Kong Bundy here, but uh, yep, yeah, Bundy was. I don't want to say like he. He worked sort of like a really straightforward style, but he did like to a point where I think it's sort of like what you see in Japanese wrestling today where like Asian stars don't so much matter because they're just pretty direct with how they approach it. And I think Bundy was very much the same. Um, this wasn't a cage match, was it? Was there any stipulation of this? No, it was just a straight no, on wrestling straight match. match. But it was also, Sam, a game of sort of hot potato. No, what's the opposite of hot potato? You want to keep hold of the potato. Uh, capture the flag. Capture the flag, but with an urn. <laughs> so you had Paul yeah, Bearer. Capture Ted, the urn. <laughs> Paul Bearer, Ted DiBiase, and then Kama, who was obviously uh, the godfather as well. That man, yes. that man who owns the strip clubs and whatnot. They were at ringside doing all sorts of tomfoolery uh, with the urn. And notably, baseball umpire La- uh, Larry Young was the official because the major <laughs> league were coming off a player's strike. So Vince was like, haha, unions, they're crap. Let's get your man in here. <laughs> Wrestling still needs a union as we're sat here in 2020. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's besides the point. That's a different video altogether. But uh, this was Undertaker. It's an Undertaker, an early Undertaker WrestleMania match against, as you yeah. say, you don't want to reduce him to being the, the stereotypical fee, like fee, five, four, thumb sort of heel. But he was. Yeah. He was King Kong Bunny with a big, well, bald head. And that's it, yeah. He, he is very much a, a, like a comic book, straightforward bad guy, working with a group of bad guys who are all just very, like, <laughs> good things. Like, so, you know, back back how wrestling used to be when it was real. Yeah. So I don't want to put this in the bin because I think we've got far worse matches to come up with oh, here yeah. and talk about, sorry, but I want to put it in just about bearable, but it could get moved up. Yeah, I think it could move up one, but we'll, 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 I'll tell you we'll what, leave we'll, it in just about bearable for now. We'll put it in all right, and then we'll move it down, because that's... All that's, right, put, that's it, a, put it in all right, then. It's we'll in all right. Out from there. So next up, we have The Undertaker versus Diesel at WrestleMania 12, and this was the first sort of match, Gary, where The Undertaker was starting to sort of morph into a... I, want to, I don't want to say humanised man, but he was starting to become a more human thing. He because was starting he wasn't, to have... A little bit more real life characteristics like he so he goes from being this weird comic book style villain i think at this time you were still getting things like you know when you'd have undertaker working on a coffin and stuff in in promos you'd still have that but it was as you said more humanizing like he wasn't going to be a nice human but you know like he was shedding some of that sort of air of cartooniness around him like you started to believe he could actually proper kill you the irresistibility. Irresistibility? That's not irresistibility. the right word I'm using. <laughs> yeah, whatever. He was starting, you know, Undertaker being the dead, dead man was starting yeah. to become Undertaker, the alive dead man who had feelings and can feel a punch and stuff. Yeah, he was He was human. He wasn't just a Frankenstein monster. All right, so this was basically Kevin Nash on his way out of WWE, on his way to WCW yes. against a man who he very much respected in a big WrestleMania match. And this, for my money, is the best Undertaker WrestleMania match before his like sort of long streak of yeah. WrestleMania matches started going with, I think it kicked off with Batista, or maybe that's a bit unf- no, because that, that's discounting the Triple H match. Yeah. I'm talking nonsense. The best <laughs> Undertaker WrestleMania match pre 2000. Yeah, it's it's for sure. Um, I think the better one out of the 
because while he wasn't fully the current Undertaker we know, he was still sort of cartoony a little bit. It's the best one from that early period of his career, for sure. And this is so, obviously from before a, t- before a time where the streak was being referenced, obviously, because yeah. it was quite early on, only at WrestleMania 12. But Diesel, he gave as good as he got in this match. As we say, Undertaker was starting to take more offence than he was uh, in previous years. Yeah. Diesel did two massive devastating jackknife power bombs. You're thinking Undertaker's going to lose, but he kicks out and he comes back for a big old win. This was two big 300-pound men, Sam. It was just two, horses, wasn't it? Two big slabs of sweaty, beef. sweaty boys. Oh, dead beef and sexy beef. There was two of them just doing the wrestling <laughs> over and over again. God thinks what, like, God knows what our neighbours think is happening right now on each side of this Skype call. <laughs> What day are we on now? Is we're, we're on we're Friday as we sat here, so it's yes. like a week and a half it's been of working at home and I've had zero complaints yet. Yeah, that's that good, streak then. might break soon, who knows though. <laughs> but I think this is, I think personally, it's not obviously not going to rank as good as lovely, love, uh, as sort of uh, later Undertaker yeah, WrestleMania it's, it's matches. Yeah, it's not top two, I wouldn't say. No. It's not top two tiers. So I'm going to move down Bundy because it's certainly better than Bundy, but yeah. I don't think it's going to be as good as other ones we talk about in the future. Yeah, so well, we'll, as, as, as always, they're sort of tentative, aren't they, when we're just starting out like this. So they might move, they might not, but just pop them into designated areas for now. I'll put him in all right, but he could move up. He's certainly not going any lower than all right, because it was a good match. It was the yeah. best in the take of WrestleMania match before the year 2000. So next up, we're going to WrestleMania 13, The Undertaker versus Psycho Sid in a match that was marred by Shawn Michaels, basically. Shawn Michaels, this is around the period of time where he lost... His smile, he went home, he took his ball and went home. The main event scene in WWF was in disarray. Psycho Sid was one of the men to really profit from that thing from Shawn Michaels. But still, Shawn Michaels would be involved in this match on commentary. He would, he would, oh, he got the, it it just, it was annoying. Shawn on commentary was annoying during this match. Yeah, I mean, this was right around the time where Shawn just seemed like, as a person, he was pretty annoying. I don't know that, I wasn't around at the time, but... You read a lot of books and you watch a lot of shoot interviews and sort of starts to paint a picture. Mm. But I mean, like I, I like Sid. I think Sid is he's underrated simply for me, simply because I don't think he was ever utilized correctly. Like there was a period of his career where really like uh, early on, like it was starting to sort of work like this big imposing terrifying guy, but it all just unraveled as his career went on and it didn't really work as champ. It was, it was strange. Yeah. He was the guy, because obviously my first pay-per-view for everyone watching at home that I remember watching with my own eyes was WCW Super Bowl 2000. The master and the ruler of the world, Sid Vicious, in the main event against Scott Hall and Jeff Jarrett. So I was yeah. on board with Sid. So going back and watching this stuff, it's always the rose-tinted glasses for me. But this <laughs> match was annoying. You had interferences from Bret Hart and stuff like that. Uh, Sid was doing his best Randy Orton impression before Randy Orton was even born. I know he was born, but he wasn't born in the wrestling sense, was he? We didn't know who Randy Orton was nah. at WrestleMania 13. He was doing all kinds of rest holds. This one wasn't very good. So it's got to be, Sam, at least on the same level as King Kong Bunny, but I would argue getting the bin. I'd say we reserve getting the bin because there's one that's definitely getting the bin which is coming and I don't know if it's as bad as that. So I think it's got to be lower than King Kong Bundy but I wouldn't say in the bin. You know what I'm going to do? Because I really like that Undertaker Diesel match. I'm going to put it in lovely, lovely, lovely. I'm going to okay. move King, King Kong Bundy up to all right yeah. and then Psycho Sid just about bearable. That sounds doable. 
Lovely stuff, Sam. Wonderful. Sweet. So next up, we have The Undertaker versus Kane from WrestleMania 14. Personally, my favorite rivalry in professional wrestling history. The story, Paul Bearer revealing The Undertaker's brother, who he thought had died, hasn't died. He survived the fire. The Undertaker actually did by himself. Kane was coming back to get his revenge. Kane's got the same name as The Undertaker had originally when he first debuted. So many layers, but the match was balls. <laughs> the match was crap, but the, the thing with the Kane-Undertaker feud and the Kane-Undertaker rivalry and that entire thing, Kane as an entity, like, it just shows you the power of the Undertaker. Like, the power of the Undertaker is such that in a time where, you know, it was starting to get slightly more real, there was this huge, crazy comic book angle of, like, you know, like, there was a fire at a funeral home and it's your half-brother and all this stuff... And, like, it just worked. Like, that's the power of The Undertaker, that he got Kane over without Kane even being a thing. And then when Kane eventually arrives, it's like... But, yeah, the match is poo. The match is poo. It's, I'm trying to think... <laughs> the, the good things from the match, you obviously had the, uh, the announce table spot where mm -hmm. Undertaker dies through it. Yeah. You had Kane reversing a tombstone into his own tombstone yeah. to hit a tombstone. Was and that the first time? Yes, I think yeah. so. Um, and then you had that, it stuck with me forever. It's during the Undertaker's entrance, and there's that shot of Kane when he's just stood in the ring, and the Undertaker's like the lights from the arena are flickering off Kane's mask, and it's scary, yeah. it's scary as out, Sam. Because <laughs> you know terrified. underneath that mask, he's burned horribly. Yeah. But we wouldn't no, find out scar. for many years that the scars were just emotional. <laughs> just sky, uh, psychological scars. Yeah. But as we say, the match itself, it paled in significance to the story. The story is really what saved... All of the Undertaker versus Kane matches, because I don't think they ever had a really good one, did they? <laughs> Not really. Like, no. uh, like twenty is something I hold like quite close to me. I like that match, even though the match is again a bit poo. But we'll talk about that in a bit. But they've done a lot of good work together, just never on the grandest stage of them all. <laughs> no, it's always the story, the story, and the vignettes and the feud is always oh, yeah. The so entrances, the, the the grandiose yeah. elements of it are crazy and brilliant, but. Just but when they really come and do out. that, it never it never really works. So I'm I'm virgin, even though Kane is like my favourite this this version of Kane is my favourite wrestling oh, character yeah. of all time. The match itself is we're sat here, this is what the tier list is about. I'm thinking on the same level as Sid, or is it better than Sid? I'd say it's on the same level maybe, but it's better than the Sid match. I'll move it so higher I'd than the Sid match. Maybe move it higher. But then again, I'm it, just biased to the Undertaker. So I'm, I'm just biased. Yeah, I'm the same. But like, you've got this. The, the stuff. It was six months in the making, wasn't it? This match when Kane sort of rocked up at Bad Blood in October. Yeah, yeah. Then we milled it all the way through until WrestleMania. And then the match that we saw, while it was two big, massive men just like sort of hitting each other really hard and stuff. It oh. wasn't. Wasn't that supposed to be it though for Kane? Wasn't it supposed to be Mania, and then you'd never see him again? I think I saw that on the documentary yeah, thing. It was maybe one sure and done. That it was supposed to be yeah, like a one and done, and it wasn't until Vince saw the crowd reaction and the way everything looked and the mask. And because I remember Bruce Pritchard saying that to get the mask, it was sort of like a last minute detail. It was uh, from a game shop. They had to though. go to an S and M shop, uh, and they had to have one manufactured for him. And then uh, he still got that on his shelf. I think is the original original Kane mask. But after that, they went and got loads made. But, and if Bruce is watching this tiered video, I'll buy that mask from you. Oh yeah. He wouldn't I'll ever, you, ever sell it. But. I'll, I'll, I'll give you all of my ten whole pounds. I'll give you ten pounds and four pence. I can that's probably scrape that together. 
<laughs> but I um, will put Kane versus Undertaker from 14 at the top of just about bearable because the match just wasn't as good as it should have been for the feud that was going on. I think yeah. that's what we'll go with. Really. So next up, we're going to WrestleMania 15, everybody. And there's no easy way to say this, but The Undertaker oversaw one of his colleagues getting hanged from the neck. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't oversee it, he commissioned it. <laughs> yeah, he was there. He was like the contractor, like at the building site, going, aye, Edge, you put that round there, aye. So Undertaker versus Big Boss Man, Hell in a Cell match, the third ever Hell in a Cell match to happen in WWE. Up until last autumn, it is probably the worst Hell in a Cell match in WWE history. Widely regarded there, unless you want to count the kennel from hell, but that doesn't really count. But yeah, yeah. Seth, Seth and Bray and their just complete disregard of the very concept of Hell in a Cell has got to <laughs> sort of make But he had a hammer, and he was going to bring the hammer down on him. But don't use the little hammer, Sam. The little hammer's the bad hammer. Um but I, this was, it was a really bad match to begin with, but then we get to the end. That's where, this is the most important thing about this match is the finish. It's unbelievable. It's, I just, I can't believe they, one, got away with it, and two, like, how do you explain that to the live audience? <laughs> yeah, so we have a few men descend from the rafters. They float down like heavenly angels, and then they hand Undertaker the a noose. An Undertaker puts... No, you're forgetting. They awkwardly cut a hole in the top of the cell first. And they've got to, like, pry a hole in it. And it's taken longer than they thought. And that's really funny. So then the, the, the noose dangled down. Take, yeah, it takes about five minutes to put the noose round his, uh, the boss man's neck. Yep. And also do the little clip on the back of his thing to make sure he doesn't actually die. And then all of a sudden, the crane starts winching. The noose tightens up. Boss man starts rising. He starts flailing about like a fish. And then he dies, and the Michael Cole on commentary is shocked and appalled that so, he's seen a colleague be hanged right in front of his own eyes for about five seconds. <laughs> and then he goes, oh, here's a segment to promote the next match coming up at WrestleMania 50. So, yeah, he throws to a VT as Big Boss Man is there doing his best to turn himself purple. Because, obviously, he's been hooked on the back, not round his neck. He, he would be dead. Uh, yeah. But, like... They've hooked him by the back, and he's obviously doing some, like, holding his breath and proper, like, trying to make himself go purple. And he's twitching and everything. And Cole throws to a VT. And the, the crowd, like, what what happens there? Do they cut him down? Do they just got no did he stay up there for the rest of the show? Like, <laughs> <laughs> It's one thing I've got to know, because obviously I've never looked at that. If you were at WrestleMania 15, let us know how they got the boss man out of that noose. I imagine they probably, the VT probably ran long, and they, I imagine what they did was get him down, have some EMTs, and then he's helped out. Like, yeah, maybe yeah. that's what happened. But I personally would like it if he was just up there all night, just bored. Just, <laughs> <laughs> just swinging back checking, checking his watch while he's hanging there. Um, <laughs> so I think we've got a big issue here, Sam, because obviously this match has been worthy. Yes. But it's, it's not the worst Undertaker match at WrestleMania, is it? I'd say for now it could probably be a seat filler in the Binworthy area, and we'll see as the as the tier develops. We'll see what's going on, but I think for now it could probably fill a seat there. I think it's got to go in the bin. Yeah. So next up we go to WrestleMania 17, Triple H versus the Undertaker. Sam, what are your first thoughts that pop into your head for this one? I, well, when you say WrestleMania 17, it's just my childhood essentially. Uh, there's. Obviously, Mike Mike Kyoda, J. 
just, just <laughs> go to sleep for a bit. That's the other thing, maybe. What about he you? He didn't. He got a massive elbow <laughs> drop, right? And he was knocked out cold for a full 25 minutes. If you go back and watch this match, if you haven't already, first of all, what the hell's wrong with you? Second of all, Mike Kyoto takes this move and he's gone. He disappears for a large portion of the second half of the match. And it's unbelievable. They fight their way all the way around the Houston Dome, I think it's held. That's where WrestleMania 17 was held, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Dome. in Houston somewhere. Uh, and uh, yeah, Mike Kyoto just dies essentially, and it's amazing to see. Yeah. Oh, when you just talk about a venue, it just reminds us because it, it's big and it's circular, right? It's like a big cylinder, yeah. but it's the ceiling with all the windows. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, the feels. It's, it's not the best Triple H Undertaker Mania match. No. Um, but I'd certainly say it's at least. The best match we've spoke about so far. Yeah. it's It's got that air of excitement, despite the fact Mike Kyoto went to sleep. I think that did lend itself a lot to the anything can happen, like drama of the match. And especially at that time, like the pinnacle of the Attitude Era, it was sort of a perfect time to capitalise on that, I think, before things started to get a little bit more PG. I tell you what, though, as much as we got the the gruesome spots, like Triple H takes a sledgehammer to Undertaker's head and he's yeah. cut open while he's up there for the last ride. This match for me is like I remember it more for the stuff that sort of went wrong and the calamity of it all. Obviously, we got Mike Kyoto, then we had Triple H taking that choke slam onto a nice, lovely bed, yeah, which was clearly shown a nice squishy bed. <laughs> Um, You've got to protect the talent. I know, obviously. But <laughs> if, if, you, if you're Kevin Dunn in that situation, if you've got one thing to do, it's just don't shoot where he lands because it was obviously just a nice... Cr- like, yeah, like avoid nice the edges. Like if there's the edge of the table, you can shoot right up to the edge, but nothing more. But I remember, what can you do? T- this wasn't like something that went wrong, but Undertaker properly, properly like opening the traps on his motorcycle and just flying down the ramp. It was an amazing camera yeah. shot. And uh, then... Biker taker, man. The the best of all was Lemmy. Oh, this was this was it, wasn't it? This was the infamous. Uh, it's all about the game. game. And how you game it. It's all about, it's all about game. the game. And game, if you get game, 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 game. Everything, everything sort of surrounding the match was better than the match itself. Even though this match is clearly the best match we've talked about so far, so it's a weird one for me. I it's, think it's got to go at least lovely, lovely, lovely. There is a there's a cracking image of Lemmy playing Triple H to the ring at this show. I think it's at this show. It's on one of the WrestleMania galleries on WWE.com. Uh, but he just looks bored. Like he looks so bored. He's just stood there with his base, just like legit like this. I think he's had a pair of sunglasses as well, and it's dark. He's just like. He's famed for he's famed for hate, <laughs> hating the song, isn't he? Because Jim Johnston wrote it, didn't he? Well, yeah, Jim Johnston wrote it because it's the exact same chord progression as my time. So if yeah. you listen to my time, the game is just built off the back of that. Uh, doesn't explain evolution though, which is a banger. But didn't they play evolution in once? Not a WrestleMania, I don't think. He did the, he did a second Triple H um, yeah. entrance at WrestleMania twenty two. Yeah, 20-1? I can't remember. I was there, was, there was a couple of Motorhead appearances. Yeah. I, just, I just remember, yeah, both times Lemmy was just like, nah, not this doing is, this. Fat this paycheck, is, but that's it. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying this was both the best and the worst uh, motorhead appearance at WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah. For different it's reasons. still but better I mean, than Limp Biscuit doing Crack Addict. <laughs> <laughs> it's a perfect song for a publicly traded company, that man. Uh, so I'm going to go lovely, lovely, lovely. Do you have any disagreements with I that? I agree with that. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Sounds good. Delightful.
So next up we have the match where Undertaker went 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. I'm not ambidextrous at all. He went 10 and 0 at WrestleMania. Oh, it's like a weird against... roster Sesame Street, that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, 10 and 0, WrestleMania 18 against Ric Flair. Flair, who obviously had sort of recently returned to WWF after the closure of WCW. Apparently, he was very low on confidence at this stage. He lost to the nature boy was so imagine if you're in his shoes having lost all your confidence being told you're going to face big evil old booger red on the grandest stage of the mall at wrestlemania i think it's it's certainly it, it must have given him a boost but it must have been terrifying if you yeah. sort of lost your way and you're not confident that you can you can be rick flair because like being rick flair is like you have to go like both feet in, otherwise people know it's not there. Like if you look at some of his TNA stuff, if you look at some of the the Hogan tour stuff, you can just tell it's it's, it's not really Ric Flair. But when he dials it up and he turns it on, that's when everybody gets behind and that's when people love it. But this match goes right, right to the very top for one reason, Ross. Why? One reason only. Oh. Arn Anderson's spinebuster. Oh, he just it's... rolls into the ring. Bang, picture-perfect spinebuster, like nothing's happened. Like he has been wrestling this entire time. For like all those years, he's just never stopped. He's just been travelling from indie to indie, hitting it every night. And then he just gets in the ring, bang, plants like a seven-foot bloke just on his ass, And then <laughs> out he goes. What's better than the actual spinebuster is the fluidity of the yeah, way he rolls it's, out it's the, the ring. the way he rolls out and he's straight back oh. on his feet. It's like... Oh. Yeah, he's got his he's, he has his glasses on as well, doesn't he? He doesn't even take his glasses off. He's just straight in there, boom, straight out. Oh, Anderson's fantastic. Yeah, but I don't, can we actually put Undertaker versus Slick Rick above WrestleMania 17? Probably I not. It, I think it's on the same level, but a bit lower down the tier. It's sort of you can tell Flair as as the as the match sort sort of starts to heat up. Flair really. You can sort of see him step back into it, and it's like Undertaker's walking him through it. It's sort of like when Triple H and Shawn Michaels uh, had that first encounter, and it's like, you know, getting that like back through the motion. So it's nice, mm. but it's by far not the the best best Undertaker Mania match for sure. No, but it, 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 when you watch it back, it is nice, and the story. It was weird because Undertaker had that famous bit where he took David Flair hostage, and he had that bit where he had him, <laughs> he was like sort of he had him in this little room, and he was sort of sat there, and he had David like sort of cradled, but like yeah. all bleeding and stuff on his on his lap. And yeah, I remember arm. that. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, but strange. <laughs> but I, I don't know if it's just me. I don't know if people will disagree in the comments. They probably will. They always do on these tiered videos. But I look back on this match very fondly. I think it's lovely. Just because when you, you realise the story about Flair and how he had lost all of his confidence and he went and did this at WrestleMania against, against the Undertaker. So it wasn't just the Undertaker beating him down. When yeah. Flair came back, you're thinking, go on then, Rick. Oh, well, that's then, it. Rick. And, and, and then you just put the little cherry on top with Arn and that's it. Yeah, it was just yeah. a nice match. Just a nice match. Not the yeah. best one, but a nice one all the same. So next up, we're going to WrestleMania 19. The Undertaker in a thrilling tag team encounter against the... Oh, wait, sorry. <laughs> yeah, Nathan Jones. He got pulled from the match like two or three days before WrestleMania itself because even though WWE promoted this match heavily to happen at their biggest show of the year, they realised that Nathan Jones wasn't as good as they maybe thought he was at one point. Oh, so you him up. What are you what? on about? He went to he went to Bogger Road Prison and stuff. He was well hard in. He could probably wow. level everybody that, wow. that was in the roster. 
they couldn't know he's cracked the Nick rest of the cars as well and, and I don't know like burgle their houses what else do people in prison do crime doesn't pay Sam <laughs> crime does not get you a Wrestlemania slot just ask anybody <laughs> Did Crime Time ever wrestle at WrestleMania? I don't know. So <laughs> maybe they did. I don't think they did. Anyway, so then we had the, uh, obviously this was turned into a handicap match, Undertaker on his own against A-Train and The Big Show, a pair of massive sweaty men who I remember when I used to watch SmackDown on a Saturday morning on Sky One, oh, I yeah. didn't like. I always used to roll my eyes before I was a smarky smart. They were they were just like slapped together because they were two big blokes, right? Like yeah. Albert was never like super super big, but like he's deceivingly big. Like he's just like the type of person where he's been scaled up. Uh, big Show, obviously Big Show, but around this time neither was really doing much, and then it was just like a like it was just one of those weird situations that occasionally happen, right? I mean, yeah, because Big, Big Show was the Big Show had won the title from Brock Lesnar at the Survivor yeah. Series previously, but any oh, just this partnership, it did nothing. I know they were there to fill a role and be the big bad heels on SmackDown, but it never did anything for me. And this match itself is not remembered for me personally for the match and what happened in the ring. Yeah. It is remembered for Limp Biscuit performing Undertaker's entrance and Tony Chimmel. <laughs> giving us one of the best lines in the wrestling history where he said that Limp Biscuit were WWE's favourite band in the world ever or something Tell like that. Tell that to uh, Fred Durst was at SummerSlam 2016 when he was uh, the camera's oh. like panning around the celebrities on the front row and he goes <laughs> and he was immediately escorted out the building. <laughs> but I, this match was absolutely nothing. I think personally it's just about bearable. It's just about bearable. I think was it the crack was 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 Nathan Jones attacked and taken out of commission because I'm yeah. sure he comes back in to it help does, yeah. take her like toward the end, but it, it's legit like two and a half minutes. Yeah, like, he's just it's... in, get some offense in, and then that's it. Take her wins and you know stand tall. But I, yeah, I don't know if it's just because of my sort of like disdain for the, the, the A train and Big Show tandem. Yeah, but this this match did now for me, and it was just sort of it was there. It's an Undertaker yeah. match at WrestleMania. You'd think, you know, that, that this was the first year after they'd really hammered home. There's a streak here. He was ten and zero, and he's making it eleven by beating two big men in a handicap match. It's just a bit. Yeah, yeah it, it's cool, but it just sort of felt like with this one, the uh, it was like, well, what have we got for Taker? And then they just smashed it together, like, and it was more of an afterthought of like, well, we can't have WrestleMania without the Undertaker, so. Yeah, has to be done, but you know, so it is a, what it is. Just about bearable, I think that's yeah. fair enough for it. So next up, we're going to WrestleMania 20, the return of the Dead Man Undertaker after he was buried alive at the previous Survivor Series by Kane and a big truck and Vince McMahon, of course. He comes back. He's weird. I never saw this WrestleMania live because I didn't have the the, the the tools to do it because I was a poor boy. I still am a poor boy. What am I talking about? Um, but I remember asking my pal. What did he look like? What did he look like? And my pal was like, he had just a big cowboy hat on, just dressed like Booger Red was. And I was like, ah, oh, no. So, the like, I remember listening to a podcast about this. Like, the crack with Taker was that when um, when he started to get bored of the Dead Man character, that's when we got Biker Taker. And it was supposed to be more Mark Calloway um, with The Undertaker rapping. So it was sort of like... It was still going to be The Undertaker, but it would be more of the real man shining through. So motorbikes... You know, cut his hair, completely different look, just sort of give him something fresh by the time he gets to Big Evil. And then 
uh, with this it was like well we want to bring you back and he was so against it apparently initially like he was happy doing what he was doing he didn't really want to go back to it but then I think it was Pritchard had to sit down with some guys and talk to him about it it was like you know we're not asking you to completely change your in-ring work we just want you you know back in that old Undertaker like rapper but it, it's for me this was one of the the only manias or the only pay-per-views full stop that we were allowed to stay up all night and then not go to school the next day oh Cause, yeah because my mom's like a huge Undertaker fan so when he <laughs> like I remember the, the spectacle of this because obviously you had the it was in Madison Square Garden right it was where it yeah. all begins again they had the the doors with the uh, screen but that wasn't the entrance ramp there was just sort of the screen where that entrance would be the short entrance and then they had all these druids come out and it was this huge, long, drawn-out thing. Probably still about half the length of a current Taker entrance. But, like, you had all these, like, trainees dressed as druids with fire and they made this archway for him and then Taker came out finally as, like, the Undertaker. And I'll never forget it. Like, the match is the pits. But, yeah. But that entrance alone, like, I remember, like, properly still, just hairs on the back of my neck. It's just like, Jesus. Like, the... Pop for it, everything was unbelievable. Yeah, that initial moment where Bearer's like, ah, yeah, well, that's it. And it's like, because the, the crowd, that was another thing apparently. It was like, well, if we're bringing the dead man back, we've got to bring back Bearer. Yeah. Uh, but like, when you hear him, and I, I just, yeah, it proper just sends chills up the spine because I remember it so vividly. And you just, yeah, when you hear him, oh, it's great. And I tell you what, Kane's entrance as well with the it had obviously the like the skyline on the Tron and it was all yeah. on fire. That looked yeah. amazing as well. well but out. once again, the story outweighs <laughs> the match when it comes to Undertaker yeah. and Kane because I loved I loved all the little teases on the road to WrestleMania where you had like the ring shaking and stuff yeah. like that, and then yeah, Kane like obviously the saying like Kane started to freak out and he was like, No, it can't be, this isn't happening and yeah. all of this stuff. Taker using his magic to do all these things to Kane without actually being there. I loved all yeah. that stuff, but then the Kane would do the wrestling. Obviously, it was take. Obviously, Taker had to take time off as well to heal injuries. That's yeah. why they do these big gaps for him. So it was his first match back, and I don't want to say you could tell it was, but you could tell it was Sam. Yeah, it was sort <laughs> of. Uh, it was a bit rough around the edges, bless it. And it was, you know, it's a show remembered for a lot of things, but mainly with this match is remembered for Taker returning as the dead man not for the match itself yeah this is that's what it was the match is second CTA to the return itself so it's a bit of a hard one to tear because the the return we all want to see Undertaker oh. be the Undertaker don't we yeah well that's it and it, it's sort of like you know everybody's like would like an, another routing of Biker Taker and I suppose it could be cool but it's you know it's not the best But it's going to happen Sam they go to a boneyard well, this is the thing, people are like, oh, Boneyard, yeah, because, like, Scrapyard, it's like, no, it's just going to be, like, some weird studio where they've put up some, some like, fake <laughs> gravestones and stuff in it. But we'll find out. We were saying on the podcast last week, it was, oh, yesterday, I think it was, when this goes live. Um, yeah. Imagine, like, AJ Styles rocks up to the Boneyard, which is, like, a Scrapyard, and he just hears out the back, he's just like, where the hell's the Undertaker? <laughs> and then he hears all the... Vroom, and then Taker just screams on his bike from nowhere, clothesline off the bike as he's going. Could you imagine? And then backflips on the bike, pins him <laughs> while sitting on the bike. Mike Kiyotis is there. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to see what that's going to be. But this match, as we, I think it's got to go just about bearable yeah, alongside the WrestleMania 14 one. Looking at it just objectively as a match, it sucked. And it's hard to say that, but it sucked. But then again, the return of Taker, the entrance, all the shenanigans about that, it just it brings it up from being in the absolute That's curtain worst. to curtain. 
and I think we've got to focus here on bell to bell. But curtain to curtain, I, I love it. But bell to bell, it's a bit... Yeah. yeah. So next up, we're going to WrestleMania 21. Randy Orton this time tries to end the streak. And I don't know about you, Sam, but watching this back, this is the first time... You, like obviously watching the streak matches in order chronologically this is the first time you really think bloody hell the streak's gonna end well the the legend killer gimmick was sort of made to end that streak like it was so like just it was so easy to buy into the fact that he was probably gonna beat Taker and it was gonna be a very big deal but obviously that's not what happened but like the legend killer gimmick's probably one of my favourite of modern WWE full stop like the way he just tore through people the way he was merciless and horrible then he turned face, and then he went back bad. Yeah. Weird, but okay. Uh, and then this is after he's already been faced and gone back bad. So. Yeah, uh, this is, I think, personally, some people might disagree because I'm going to speak about something being better than WrestleMania 17, Sam. This is the best Undertaker match we've spoken about so far. Just because... It, Orton gave as good as he got he almost ended the bloody streak this was yeah. like the first time as I said earlier this is the first time it could have ended the pièce de résistance in this match as I speak French was um, <laughs> when he reversed the chokeslam into an RKO yeah, okay, which is yeah, one yeah. of the most unbelievable things I've, I've, I've seen at that point I think that was sort of the start of out of nowhere I guess like where it's yeah. properly just busting it over all sorts of different moves but yeah it was a uh... I think it's definitely the best one we've seen so far in terms of the tier list. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't, I'm going to hesitate putting it in the best tier because I think there's still better to come, which is a different level to this. But I, I'm going to put it in lovely, 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 but near to the top, if not yeah, the top. Yeah, top of lovely, lovely, lovely. Because you look at this match in a vacuum and without the stuff later on with, uh, with Cowboy Bob and yeah. the old hepatitis. Oh, the, the old hepatitis and that. The, uh... <laughs> The old hepatite, this what's that like, yeah. But uh, yeah, I think this was just a great match and obviously nearly a massive shock on a, on a WrestleMania card. Yeah. So next up, we're going to WrestleMania 22, a casket match with Mark Henry this time trying to end the streak. And if wrestling media is to be believed very recently, Sam, there was reports came out not too long ago saying that this was the match that Vince McMahon wanted to end the streak. <laughs> I, this would have been an interesting way to make Mark Henry in a time where... He was just sort of floating along. They didn't mm. really know what to do with him. And they had the world's strongest man thing. Obviously, he was being taken a lot more seriously than he had been in the past, but they just didn't seem to have anything for him. And then there's this feud pops up with him and Taker. It's odd, but it would be cool if Henry had ended it because it would have just been like so left field uh, and it would have got him over as the world's strongest man a lot more. Yeah, um, it's hard to believe, isn't it? This was his tenth year as a WWE superstar. Yeah, still wouldn't <laughs> quit, no matter what they threw at him. And good no. on him for it. Good on him but, for it. But uh, he obviously had his back up against the wall to begin with, with it being a casket match against the Undertaker at WrestleMania. Despite yeah. what Vince McMahon might <laughs> have wanted. That's a lot uh, of uh, that's a, that's a lot of a house of cards there stacked completely against you. Yeah, but despite what Vince McMahon wanted reportedly behind the scenes, watching this match back, it's staggering. How little when it's pre the way it's presented, how little of a chance Henry's given within the realms of kayfabe. Because you think with Henry, because he had the spot before WrestleMania where he put Taker through the announce table, yeah. like oh my god, there might be a, leg a legitimate threat here. But watching the match and hearing the commentators, nobody takes Henry seriously, and it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I guess like through this point, you've had sexual chocolate, you'd had the the world's strongest man thing back and forth. 
you'd had like the 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 hand you'd had all sorts of it just it just they really really tried to to run him through the mill uh, and I think up to that point, you you couldn't really take him seriously. And this was, I guess, the beginning. This feud was the beginning of Mark Henry becoming a real credible threat again. Uh, yeah. And that was cool. That was really cool. Yeah, he was sort of three or four years away, wasn't he, from really hitting the heights that we saw with the, the Hall of yeah, Pain. Yeah, Hall of Pain is just a boy, but yeah. But this is a WrestleMania match that was a 10-minute match at WrestleMania that didn't really get out of third gear, maybe second gear at it a push. Felt- it felt really placeholdery. Like again, where it's like, "Well, we've got to do something with Taker. Uh, who yeah. does he want to work with?" And Taker goes, "Mark Henry." And they go, well, "All right." But I think, yeah, the ceiling for this one in the realms of this tier is all right on the level of King Kong Bundy. I'd say that's about right. I think it is better than the Undertaker versus Kane at the two WrestleManias we talked about. Yeah. Is said no. That was yeah, yeah. The Kane twenty, the big yeah. I think that's fine. I think we're doing well so far, Sam. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> So next up, we're going to WrestleMania 23 in Detroit City, cars and Ford and Broom Broom and whatnot. And Kid Rock. Lots of Kid Rock and Eminem and, and Insane Clown Posse. What else? Motown. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Kiss. You've got me there. Eight mile. There you go. Detroit City, boy. <laughs> uh, Undertaker versus Batista, obviously coming out of the Royal Rumble, which uh, the Undertaker won, of course. He had the choice of three championships. Which one would he take? Would he take the WWE title? Would he take the World Heavyweight? Or would he take the ECW title, Sam? I well, think you should have took the ECW one. That would have been funny, like Undertaker as ECW champion. People might have actually tuned in and watched and saved the show, but there wasn't really a lot of saving to do in 2007 especially with what was coming in December but uh... no <laughs> um, but I it, I remember I did a bit of a deep dive on this one apparently at the time it was a real shock that Undertaker picked Batista to face at Wrestlemania right. rather than going for the WWE title I don't know why you might know in the comments probably tell me why but uh, they got this match Batista versus Undertaker unbelievable to watch it back I thought fantastic match well, they'd had little to no history against each other, I think, uh, up to this point. So I think maybe it was Undertaker just wanted a, like a fresh challenge or maybe he just wanted to see what he could do with Batista with somebody new. But, yeah, uh, yeah 
Sterling, Sterling match. Batista looked just as good as the day he arrived, essentially. Like, I love Batista. I've got a proper soft spot for him. Uh, and I enjoyed this match. I just love the feud. The feud, even though you got this larger-than-life Undertaker character against Batista, you know, the evolution tie-ins yeah. and whatnot. Uh, I just loved how it was like one man's got a title and the other man wants to take the title and they're going to beat the living piss out of each other until was, they get them. It was old school. It was proper, like, just... You have that, I want that, I'm going to take that off you. No, you're not, and then that's it. Yeah, but in terms of this match, we had Batista, who dominated the early stages, and then all of a sudden he's there, delivering ten punches in the corner, <laughs> Undertaker reverses that into a last ride, and then he get. if you're going to watch this match and go back and watch it, you can really sort of skip the first three quarters, just watch the last like stretch towards the end, because it's just two big hosses, just throwing everything just but the kitchen sink at each it. other. Yeah. It's just fantastic wrestling. I think it could be, it could be the best match we've talked about so far. So far, certainly in the top two or three. Yeah, I'd say tentatively put it at bottom of best. Bottom of the best. Woo-hoo! I like. I really like this one. So I really like it as well. Let's put it up there. Yeah. Let's see where it ends up though. But like, it's just a fantastic match. But it was, as I say earlier on, it, this was the start of the real stretch of the unbelievable Undertaker matches, which ended with uh, the 2012. No, 2013 against Punk was sort of the last one. Yeah, that was the last sort of great feud leading into a great match. Yeah. Now we've just got Saudi Arabia. And Bones. So next up, we're going to WrestleMania 24 in the year 2008, Sam. How long ago does that seem? Anyway, we have Edge versus The Undertaker for the World Heavyweight title happening in Florida, I think it was, at that same place we went to for WrestleMania 33 that time. Remember that one? Yes, the Camping World Stadium. That wasn't called that back then. It was the it was Orange called... Citrus Bowl, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Limes. Go on, the limes. <laughs> anyway, we had uh, I Love Edge and Undertaker's feud because so many times Edge would just screw the Undertaker time and time and time and time and time again. Ultimate then you got opportunist, this... man. Then you got to this match, Sam, and Edge had an answer for every single thing the Undertaker threw at him. So you're thinking, my God, Edge has screwed The Undertaker so many times. Now The Undertaker finally gets his hands on Edge and Edge has an answer for everything Undertaker does to him. The Undertaker can't do anything right in this feud. But then all of a sudden, he whaps out a bloody chokehold from nowhere and yeah. wins the match. <laughs> this was it. This was because Taker had been working with, uh, with MMA gloves for a while. This was the first high-profile victory, I believe, that he achieved via... Was it the Triangle? Triangle was it Hell's Gate? Or the Hell's Gate. Yeah. yeah. So, like, it marked a shift. This was probably right around the time that he was rocking up, uh, like, to UFC events and challenging Brock Lesnar. But <laughs> you want to dance in the bay? What is he saying? He's like, like, like it's something like, you want to go. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, it, it's an interesting dynamic throughout the match, as you said, because it's just, like, for a match that you'd expect with it being the blow-off for Undertaker to just come in and be like, I'm just having him. Edge is just like putting everything he can up against him and every single time he goes for him it's just there's another roadblock in the way and then yeah to have it end so weirdly on a submission it was a little flat though like people didn't seem to respond to the match that well but I think in in retrospect it's actually pretty alright yeah I think it's alright I think it's uh, just because I love the story I just love how Edge has an answer for everything Undertaker does. So Undertaker's like, well, you've never seen this before. Wappadoo, I've wrapped my shirt on you and I've won. <laughs> yeah. I just love that story. 
But I think it's worth mentioning as well. This feels weird to say because an Undertaker match at WrestleMania is obviously already massive. Yeah. But this could have been so much bigger if Edge had managed to capture the money in the bank at the last WrestleMania before this one. Because yeah. obviously Edge would have remained undefeated at WrestleMania, so he would have had a streak versus streak sort of scenario. Because yeah. obviously Edge took, the Edge took Mr. Money in the Bank off uh, Mr. Kennedy after all that kicked off. So it could have been bigger and more monumental if that sounds... That does sound strange, but you know what I mean. Yeah, it, but could, have had, still, it could have had those extra stakes just thrown in there. Yeah, but this was still... It's still at least a lovely, lovely, lovely match. Yeah. I think it's lovely, lovely, lovely. I, I think, think that's so fair. Too, yeah. Just that story is fantastic, isn't it? Two old pros doing their thing. Ah. So next up, we're going to WrestleMania 25 and the greatest wrestling match of all time. So yeah, I don't even think we need to discuss this one. It's Shawn Michaels versus Undertaker, WrestleMania 25. That should explain it all. Like, if you yeah. haven't seen this match, where have you been? How yeah. are you a wrestling fan? The entrances were great. The wrestling was great. The finish with the moonsault off the top rope oh. into the tombstone was unbelievable. This was the last great match for both guys. This was like when they were they were still able to go. They were still able to tell a story, like with the the, the physicality to it. Like WWE wasn't super PG at the time, so it was still had that air of like. It was pretty raw, but at the same time, it was so well constructed and sculpted. Like, Michaels is obviously a genius at that. But then Taker as the ultimate character coming into it. And then you had the follow-up the year after. But for my money, 25 is the better match. Oh, definitely. 26 is the better story. But... And I guess we might as well mention it while we're here. That damn Sim Snooker, the oh, cameraman. How Mr. scary Nisca is that? Yeah, Undertaker dives. Over the top rope, if you haven't seen it. His big swan dive thing. Yeah, but he goes literally head first into the floor. The cameraman's supposed to catch him, but doesn't quite get there quick enough. Yeah. And it's terrifying. But he somehow recovers from that and then still manages to finish off what I still think is the greatest match of all time. And yeah. certainly a best match in this tiered video oh, team. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, best, best, oh, best. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and then talking about that follow-up match, we go to WrestleMania 26, Shawn Michaels' retirement match. Well, what was his retirement match until that bloody crown jewel debacle? The idiot with his silly little That wasn't Shawn Michaels, though. That was, that was Michael Hickenbottom. He had short <laughs> hair and everything. It wasn't the same person. Yeah, we have The Undertaker trying to end the career of Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels trying to end the streak of The Undertaker. A by fantastic... any means necessary, though. Any by any means. means when, when, oh, because Taker just shoots him down. He's like, not happening. Yeah, The entire it, feud it, is like, not happening. Not and you think it's amazing. You think the WrestleMania 25 match is amazing. We keep yeah. this going. Elimination Chamber, the greatest moment in Elimination Chamber oh. history happens when Shawn Michaels pops up from under the uh, under the, the grating in the in the chamber. He super kicks the Undertaker. He's like, right, you're gonna I'm gonna make you have this match against me at WrestleMania. I'm gonna cost you the world title. I think it was Chris Jericho who walked out the title out there. Yeah, uh, Jericho because uh, Michaels pops up through the ring, uh, nails Taker, and oh, he comes up through the grate I think, but he nails Taker, and then Jericho's just like looking. But Michaels doesn't even look at Jericho. He doesn't even like nod to him. He doesn't even gesture for him to cover him. Michaels just does his thing, stands there, and leaves. It's like he doesn't care. All he wants is Taker. And this is why 25 for me is the better match, but 26 is the better story. Because this whole build, and then the culmination with the match itself, which was still amazing. But, ah, oh, yeah. Just, I'll yeah. tell you what, it did, it, I don't know if matches early on that night went long, but this one, for what it was and the, the gravitas of the situation... This one felt a little bit rushed. Just a little bit, yeah. It, it sort of it moved through the paces just a little quicker than the last one. I don't know if it was 
sort of to come out and give it more of a feeling of a heated match or whether it was just overrunning but I guess we'll never know yeah uh, but the, again the, just like the, the Wrestlemania 23 match against Batista this one for me is all about the final stretches where Michaels is sort of like defiantly when he's cloning his way up Undertaker's yeah, body and he's, he's just like, like properly like begging him to be put out of his misery basically it's again just, it's, it's these two old pros yeah. doing their thing and storytelling and Undertaker looks emotional when he has to sort of put old Yeller out of out of his misery, <laughs> yeah. If that makes any sense, it, I think I personally, just because of the way that it finished, I think this is in the best as well because the oh, yeah. emotions it made yeah. you feel. Like the this is it's up there with twenty five. I think twenty five ekes it out match wise, but as I said, as a whole package, they both belong in the best. Yeah. So next up, we're going to WrestleMania twenty seven. This time, Triple H tries to do what his best pal and his lover in the entire. What am I talking about here? <laughs> What Shawn Michaels couldn't do. <laughs> His best pal and lover. Uh, he tries to end the streak. He tries to do what Shawn Michaels couldn't do. And this match was already up against it, Sam, because this was the first match after Michael Cole versus Jerry Lawler. <laughs> I mean, that was that was the WrestleMania match for the ages. I, I, <laughs> Michael Cole covered. Was this when Michael Cole got covered in barbecue sauce and everything? Yeah, yeah, well, that oh, feud. Yeah, beautiful, just beautiful. It was um, wonderful, wasn't it? Yeah, out there with his bad tattoos and his, his, his orange singlet. And like, Cole, like, he does not get the love he deserves for stuff like that. Like, that must... <laughs> no, but, like, it must have taken a lot when they come to him and they're like, we want you in a match. And he's like, no, probably. And then it's like, go on! Yeah. And they're just sort of putting him into a position he's not really trained for or ready for. Like, it's got to take guts to go out there in front of, like, 80,000 people and do it or whatever. It was still a car crash and terrible, but it was terrible in all the right ways yeah. but yeah and then Triple H Taker had to follow that masterpiece yeah and uh, my god to uh, quote Big E this was two <laughs> big men slapping, slapping meat. the meat yeah just two big sweaty men just beating the living bejesus out of each other <laughs> Undertaker I think takes a chair shot to the head at one point yeah. in the match yeah. a chair features heavily in this match we've got the stuff with the announce table Undertaker gets spine busted through that I think by Triple H it's just a massive Oh. As an aside, do you think Triple H has the best sell on a chair shot? He does that a lot, doesn't he? It's like, ah. well, chair shots to the face, I mean, where, you know, when you've got to get the hand up. Yeah. But, like, he manages to get the hand up so quickly that it just, or, like, so sort of slyly that it just looks like he's taken on protected chair shots, and it's like, woo. Yeah. But, but it's yeah. this is a weird one, because it, at the time when you're watching it, you're thinking, bloody hell. These two have beaten the bejesus out of each other. This is a feud ender. But yeah. it wasn't. Because Triple H had beaten down The Undertaker so much that yes, Triple H lost the match, but Triple H was the only man to walk out. The Undertaker had to get carried out of this match, which set up the following year's match at WrestleMania 28 Twice in inside a lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I this was a sort this, it's just these old, old, these old lads when they're doing the storytelling. Yeah. There's no better, is there? Well, this is. I think it works really well with these guys because, like, this is. They're all sort of reaching that peak. Triple H is obviously younger, but if you think about it, Triple H, Undertaker, Michaels, they'd all sort of started around the same time. Michaels was there a bit before Taker. Taker was there a bit before Triple H, and they're all from that era. And I think, like, when you put them together, there's all this sort of the years they've been in the industry. It must be sort of like. There's so many ideas for when I finally get to work with that guy, we're going to do this, and then we're going to do that, and then eventually you bring them all together. But, yeah. Yeah. 
Just, but I just love again the closing stage of this match, the sort of tease to the, the tombstone finish is just yeah. oh, liquid wrestling. But I think the, the the problem we have here, Sam, is it is it lovely, 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 or is it the best? Well, to weigh that up, you've got to weigh up both matches, don't you? Mm. I think personally, for me, the next one is the better one out of the two. Me too. So I think put this one in lovely, 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 and the then top we'll of move lovely, on lovely, to the lovely. Next one. We should probably say to people at home, we haven't just started from an arbitrary number. It's just the tier list's gone weird. Yeah. So the you're... older matches will be coming up soon. We are at WrestleMania 28, but we'll be going back. Yeah, for some reason, when you upload, despite numbering them in order, when you upload them, it just puts them in a higgledy-piggledy <laughs> order, which makes no sense. Yeah. But anyway, well, let's yeah. just move on now, Sam. Let's do it. Let's go to WrestleMania 28. Yep. The end of an era, Hell in a Cell match. We've got Shawn Michaels as the special guest referee, Undertaker, with his little mohawk, the saucy bastard, oh, yeah. taking on Triple H. Remember when he whapped off his hood and you saw the mohawk for the first time after he'd been wearing the wig for ages? Yeah. Ooh, unbelievable scenes. Great but stuff. again... This one, as good as it is, it builds to one moment where you think, bloody hell, these two scoundrels from D-Generation X have worked together. They've, they've, oh, they've, they've pulled the wool over the Undertaker's eyes. You think you're going to get it straight down the middle of the match, but no. Undertaker gets super, he gets super kicked into a pedigree. Triple H hits the pedigree. You're thinking it's over, but it's not. He kicks out, and my God. But this is around the, you know, this is after Reign of Terror. Um, but this is, you know, it, it's still Triple H. So if anyone was feasibly able to politic themselves to beating the streak, it could have been <laughs> Triple H. So, Please, Daddy, I mean, can was, I beat the that streak? That was the extra drama there was like, he's not going to do it, is he? Like, <laughs> there's no way they're going to allow this. Yeah. But this was all about sort of Triple H because... Triple H dominated a lot of that match at the previous year's WrestleMania, yeah. but The Undertaker dominated a lot of this match, and once again, a steel chair was involved. It's the callbacks and the storytelling. Yeah. It's fantastic stuff. But this was all about both men trying to get Shawn Michaels to stop the match, which Shawn Michaels nearly does on a couple of occasions before we get to that moment as uh, I just uh, spoke about there. And Triple, H. Triple H saying stay down a lot in this match. Which, yes. uh, yeah, he did. Yeah, he might say it home to Stephanie. Stay down. <laughs> when she, well, she's, she's trying to get up onto the cabinets and stuff. Trying to get up onto him. <laughs> what am I saying here? But yeah, we had Shawn Michaels wiped out at one point by a very frustrated Undertaker. Charles Robinson comes down. One of the great wrestlers. Not, not his greatest WrestleMania, I'll run, but it's up there with the best that he's ever done. Uh, and he gets wiped out for his troubles as well. And it's just, it's just, oh, just the story. I know people might say, oh, end of an era, 11 years, yeah, 11 years after the actual era ended. And then obviously as we're sat here in 2020, the era is still very much going on now. Oh yeah, in one part of the world especially. Um... So you can, you can look at that, you can look at that and think it's a load of bollocks because I personally do agree with that. But you look at the moments in the match and the moment at the top of the ramp where it's these two old fellas having a, a lovely hug, the emotions of it all, I think it's got to go. It's not the top of the best, but it's in the best. Yes, I think it's it's in the best, but I wouldn't put it near the top. No. Well, there you go. We've agreed there, haven't we? Yeah. That's lovely, that. <laughs> so next up, we go to the aftermath, the immediate aftermath of Paul Bearer's death. WrestleMania 29, Undertaker versus CM Punk. In the build-up to this match, Paul Heyman... And CM Punk, it depends your perspective, I think, because I think personally, what they did with the earning stuff, it was fantastic. And it added so much more to this rivalry. Some people, of course, might think it went a bit too far. If you do, good for you. But I thought what they did with the earn and mocking the actual real-life death of Paul Bearer was amazing. 
Well, this is the, <laughs> That's the a weird thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> this is the thing with with this. It, it's sort of like it's disrespectful, but it, it's disrespectful from a storyline angle, and we can't forget that. CM Punk might be a real person, but CM Punk that's, you know, tipping the ashes out, that's a character. Yeah. And Paul Bearer has given, well, Paul Bearer had given his life to the industry, so I'm assuming they would have spoke to his family and they would have worked it out and okayed it. But, like, for Paul Bearer to be featured, like, for one last time, even though he's not with us, for one last time to be featured as a part of a Mania match and a feud building up to that, I think that's... Probably what he would have wanted, maybe. But I, yeah. I can't ask. I can't speak for him. But like, you know, he's been in the industry for so long. For me, it sort of makes sense that he'd want that. Yeah, and you look at the match as a, as a thing on its own, and it, it just watching it back, it's just how good CM Punk was. Oh, yeah. He it's came in great. with his t- his lovely little grey and purple tights, which is obviously a nod to the old Undertaker yeah. of the early nineties. And he's doing things like delivering old school to the Undertaker at WrestleMania and stuff like that. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, look, yeah, bloody good you are. You are CM yeah. Punk. You you're good at the wrestling. You are. He's not good at dressing properly backstage, though. What's that? Which is that was apparently the cause of uh, Taker stripping a belt off him, wasn't it? Was that he didn't dress properly backstage? Really? Yeah. That I haven't heard that he one before. Or he didn't pay respect properly or something backstage. There was some backstage thing I remember reading about, and it was like something really petty, like he didn't dress like a champion or something. And then, uh, yeah, it was very quickly sorted out. Wrestling etiquette is weird backstage, is as we weird, learned like... with that Leo Russ situation back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> um, but hey, we had more memorable moments as well where CM Punk delivers an elbow, drop off the top rope to the Spanish announce table, I think it was, and the announce table didn't break, and that was gnarly with a capital yeah. G. Uh, we had Undertaker doing that. like It was like a, like a, a, a zombie-esque, well, obviously Undertaker, but like a zombie-esque sit-up out the Anaconda Vice. Yeah. That was an unbelievable moment. I just think uh, it's just fantastic professional wrestling, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it's flawless. Absolutely it's, flawless. It's the last... It's the, the last, last punk great undertaker. The last great undertaker match, I think, isn't it? Full stop. I think it's the last one where he could still go well, and it would all be fine. Like, I, like, it's definitely the last be... one with a consistent, thorough, exciting, athletic performance. Let's say that. that. Might, that might be the, a bit unfair because he did that stuff with Brock Lesnar in 2015 at SummerSlam and Hell in the Cell. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, where that that was good, but I think this was the best, the, the last like truly great undertaker match. Yeah, and that made again. It. The problem we have is, is it lovely, 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 or is it the best? I'd, I'd argue for the best, if that... Is it better than, is it better than Triple H? Because I don't think the, the first Triple H one. Sorry, the, the second Triple H one. The first of the Triple H du- duo, we'll say. I'd argue that it, it's level with it. I'll put it in lovely, 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 but close to the top, though. Right. On, t- on par with 27. Okay. With Triple H, yeah. I think that's fair. Is it fair? Yeah. Let us know what you think in the comments below. Yeah, let us know what you think. <laughs> yeah. So next up, even though technically it's not part of the streak, it is part of the streak because this is where the streak ended. Yeah. Yeah. The we'll final match in Undertaker's streak history. So obviously this match is heavily reported to have been marred by a concussion Undertaker suffered early in the match. So Lesnar is just hunking around a 300-pound lump of dead beef. <laughs> which is admirable in all of in every sort of way, but this is it's Undertaker losing a streak at WrestleMania, which I think I still think to this day this should this should have been how Undertaker retired. 
Yeah, I think for me the streak was sacred. I know that Undertaker apparently doesn't feel that way about it. Like he he didn't really want a streak, and then when the streak became a thing, it was like, well, who should end it? And it was this whole rigmarole with it. But like the streak ending, because the streak was so synonymous with Undertaker by this point, it should have been that. That should have been it. Like mm. no more Taker. See you later. Goodbye. Because when he loses, obviously nobody's expecting that, which is huge. But I remember, like, after that, like, the magic's gone. Like, when we, when we saw Taker versus Shane, uh, 32, we were in the audience there, and it was electric atmosphere, but you couldn't help but feel something was missing. Something had gone, the yeah. the magic's gone now. But then that match was filled with high spots, and it was crazy. And then when you go a year later again, we were in the arena for it, uh, 33... That should uh, have been a retirement as well. <laughs> that should have been a retirement as well. But, like, when Taker lost again... I just remember and then the hat and coat and it was so flat and it was just that should have been what happened at the end of the streak and then that's mm. it Taker gets halfway up the ramp disappears and you never see him again he never goes in the Hall of Fame nothing that's it whoa like, he never goes in the Hall of Fame because Taker's already in the Hall of Fame the Hall of Fame doesn't exist it's a made up sphere inside Vince's mind <laughs> like it's not a physical building but I think it's implied anyway Undertaker would go in the Hall of Fame but can you imagine Taker going up and giving a speech and like doing all that stuff because you can now because like he's been broken down into a real person he's got an Instagram account and stuff but like back then like had Taker just retired then and just disappeared because that's the ultimate thing with the Undertaker is that for me he shouldn't ever retire like in the sense coming out and saying oh that's it I'm done he should just leave because at any point he could come back like it could be like one of those because like, he's mystical isn't it so yeah. it's like one of those things where you leave that door open but you never really open it fully again so where do you stand because I personally think because obviously the story around the street ending at Wrestlemania 30 was Vince McMahon wanted the streak to end but there was nobody around who could take it off him apart from Brock Lesnar so they gave it to Brock Lesnar yeah. I personally think that was the wrong call Brock Lesnar didn't need to end the streak because Brock Lesnar was Brock Lesnar. Brock yeah, Lesnar's so done everything Brock in the world. Brock was already the final boss of the company by this point. And it, it just... It, for me, I'm really hoping that in like four years this is all going to be one massive payoff. All of this Brock stuff from the streak ending because this was where it went nuclear on Brock when he defeats the streak and then just becomes the part-time champ and we're in that saga now and all this stuff. Like... I'm hoping that eventually somebody's going to be made out of this and it's not Roman. I hope that it's going to be somebody new because I miss like debuts like Batista and like when somebody just comes in it's like shocking and it's like what is this? Who is this? Yeah. Where If you can have somebody defeat Lesnar like that then this has all been worth it. But Lesnar didn't need the win. Roman I don't think needs to, to, to retire Brock or anything. It's just, oh, it's so hard. It's still, it was just, I know, obviously you can see why they did it, but I, I, from a pure fan's perspective, it was the wrong thing to do for me. So I, I'm, I was, I'm saying, I'm saying bin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm in full agreement with you. The, the streak should never have ended Get in the bloody bin. I know at least yeah. swear. <laughs> and it's, it's heartbreaking as well because you hear about the stories of Undertaker obviously suffering that concussion early in the match and when well, he gets backstage apparently he collapsed yeah this is it apparently he collapsed when he got through the curtain but it, it's in the ring when you see him he's just so dazed and he's coming round a little bit and he's on his knees and he's just looking at the audience and all these shocked faces and disbelief and he's just 
human and it's not yeah. what the Undertaker shouldn't be human and this is it it's like so weird so weird there you have it the streak ending like it did in the bin I think that's where it deserves you yeah. might disagree it was one hell of a moment all the same oh, something yeah. obviously that'll never be forgotten but I it shouldn't have been if you, if you haven't got anyone around to, to end it apart from Lesnar why not wait a few years what's the hurt what's the harm in this that this is it this is my thoughts exactly I don't know if it was just one of those things where it was like it just has to end like now 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 we've made up t-shirts and urns that we could sell um, but it, it just didn't quite resonate with me properly that it was Brock but I appreciate it all the same I'll tell you what pissed me off more was the fact that you get rolled out of WrestleMania 31 yeah. the year after the streak ends and who sacrifices from that? Bray Wyatt? The Undertaker, <laughs> the Undertaker has lost all of this aura and mystique around him because he's lost his streak and then you have this guy who was like the second coming in terms of aura and mystique and that real character based thing in professional wrestling that was amazing and he loses to the guy who's just lost his oh thanks it's, it's all happening a, again isn't it it's all yeah, happening again like the Bray, Bray lost the title to Goldberg and now Roman's situation's changed like what's going to happen here like it, it tends to come in waves things like this where like the it, it just somebody gets fed to the machine for no real seeming reason but yeah so annoying but there you have it the streaks in the bin firmly where it belongs so next up we're going all the way back to Undertaker's Wrestlemania debut can you believe he has been a thing in the wrestling since before Wrestlemania 7 Sam it's crazy, isn't it? It's uh, about a month before I was born and a full year and a bit probably before you were born. It's incredible scenes, isn't it? I can't believe what we're talking about here. The Undertaker at WrestleMania 7 against Jimmy Superfight Snooker. And this match is exactly what it had to be. This was uh, Jimmy Superfight Snooker, who was approaching 50 at the time, all the way back in 1991. Of course, Undertaker uh, rocked up at uh, Survivor Series 1990. 1990, bloody hell. Anyway, aging superstar, superstar on the rise. Naturally, unlike what it's like today in the wrestling, the old man puts over the young man (laughs) because the young man is going to come back and wrestle for a lot more years while the old man... Anyway, that's a different video to talk about, Sam. What did you think about this match? Uh, As you said, it was sort of exactly what it needed to be. So it's a straight line. There's not really much in the way of build. or It's just sort of... It's an old hand passing off to a new star, which is something we've lost along the way, apparently. Yeah, yes, apparently so, Sam. But this match was, yes, you can call it a glorified squash match if you want to, but as we say, it's exactly what it wanted, what it had to be. Undertaker had come in with this gimmick where he was impervious to pain, he couldn't feel a thing, so Superfly was there just to make him look even stronger and even more unworldly than he already was. But this was, it's a bit of a... Is it a change of a guard? Because the fans watching, this wasn't like a, a squash match on Raw where the fans just sit there on their hands, they watch somebody dominate someone they don't know, and then, oh, get out of here. This was Jimmy Superfly Snooker getting his arse handed to him on, a, on the grandest stage of them all at WrestleMania, and The Undertaker was whapping out wrestling moves that he might not have seen before in the flesh. So his flying clothesline, for example, is something that I reckon, well, yeah, I saw watching it back, it got like a sort of a Jap- you know, in, in a, a Japanese crowd when they see something that's really impressive to them, and they sort yeah. of make a, oh wow, yeah. 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 Undertaker does his flying clothesline, and that's the sort of reaction he gets. I think this is real sort of like a, a changing it's, moment for the people watching. Yeah, you can you can 
see that there's a, a shift in tastes here with that, I guess, because Snooker was obviously a guy who was renowned for high spots in his time uh, and was renowned, I mean, went off the cage and all that stuff. Uh, and he was an exciting guy to watch. Uh, and as times have grown and as he approached, I think he was like 50 years old or something here uh, or thereabouts, like you could just see through the crowd reaction that the way Taker was working was sort of the new cool. Uh, yeah. Taker is now older than Snooker was here and still working, just as an FYI. But... And still digging holes and taking souls yep. or whatever that crappy catchphrase <laughs> is. But as, because this is going to be weird for people at home, I'm going to suggest we put it in all right, just because it's exactly what it had to be. Yeah. Undertaker, is, is a, it was a real arrival moment for him. If, if Survivor Series wasn't already an arrival moment, you know what I mean, though. He was beating Jimmy Superfly Snooker at WrestleMania. This was a star-making victory, so it was exactly what it had to be. Yeah, it was just, from bell to bell, just exactly what it needed. It wasn't a super squash. It wasn't too long. It wasn't too short. It wasn't filled with too many crazy spots. It just was. And I can see you at home, right? I can see you reaching for your keyboard to go to the comments section, looking at that tiered rank in there, and seeing Undertaker and Kane from WrestleMania 14, and Undertaker came from WrestleMania 20, and matches of that ilk below a glorified squash match at WrestleMania for Jimmy Superfly Snooker. This, its context, is important. The feud building up to WrestleMania 14 was so much better than the match was. It was so disappointing. That's why it's ranked lower in this tier list. As, you know, I just think yeah. it's important to explain that before you yeah. go there and call us some horrible names. Anyway, we have a match that was exactly what it had to be in there at all right, because it was all right for what it had to be. Yeah. But moving swiftly on now, Sam, we go to WrestleMania 8 in 1992. Jack the Snake Roberts against The Undertaker. And once again, a novel concept for everybody, well, fans of newer wrestling, to wrap their heads around an older, established star who had done everything there was to do in the business apart from win a big WWF world title, of course. He was putting over the new up-and-comer on his way to superstardom over the course of many more years than Jack the Snake had left inside the ring. And once again, this match was just all right, wasn't it? Yeah, it was just, again, straightforward. You had Jake. Jake's just Jake. But the thing that the thing that was interesting about this was that Undertaker got quite a definitive end of this feud out of this. Like, not a lot of people went over Jake, uh, as we've talked about before. Like, without it being, you know, not the end. Jake always seemed to have fingers in every pie, and he was always, like, malingering and pulling the strings so that even if he did lose, he was eventually going to have the last laugh. But this just sort of round to a halt. Yeah, it was sort of like, if you look at Jack the Snake's old WWF history, the only people to really get one over him was sort of a million dollar man. And yeah. who else was it? It was Randy Savage with the, with the old snake and all that stuff. Oh, they were the, the only the two. Yeah. yeah, that whole thing. <laughs> they were the only two to really get it definitively right. I'm better than you victory over Jack the Snake because yeah. he was such an evil man. He would always worm his or snake his way into some sort of upper handed position. But Undertaker here, Again, a star very much on the rise, got this big victory, and what would have been one of the biggest WrestleMania moments up until that time, uh, 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 until the, the cameramen got it wrong, didn't they? Undertaker yeah. did a tombstone on the floor to Jack the Snake, but they shot it from an angle where you could clearly see Jack the Snake's head came about that far from the floor, so you the entire moment lost its magic. It, basically. Yeah, the entire moment lost a bit of its magic, but it's understandable <laughs> why. The Undertaker would want to take such care of his compadre there, being yeah. driven headfirst onto the floor. Especially because he was still pretty new, 
and Jake had made the company a lot of money as well. And did you see that Broken Skull Sessions with the Undertaker and no, Stone Cold? No, I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. Oh, Sam, there's a, there is a story from that thing which is very to your point to to, to, to steal some <laughs> from a kickoff show here. Undertaker, I think it might have been his first match ever. Certainly, very early on in his career, he had a match against Bruiser Brody. And then unwillingly, or just maybe willingly without really realising what he was doing, found himself calling the match against Bruiser Brody. Bruiser Brody, of course, doesn't take none of that nonsense from a young whippersnapper. <laughs> Historically, so, no, he wasn't really so, into that. So threw him out the ring, massive old chair shot, legitimately <laughs> twatted him on the back, I think it was, with a chair. So oh. Undertaker learned his lesson. So obviously Undertaker, when wrestling against established stars like Jack the Snake, is going to take care of him. But cameramen who were there on that fateful night pull your finger out your arse and shoot things better. That's a completely useless <laughs> thing to say. Anyway, that moment at WrestleMania was sort of tarnished, but not ruined. It was still gnarly to see. Once again, I'm going to suggest here, and I can see you going to the comments section, but in terms of the context of what this had to be, this is exactly what it had to be. Yes, you could say the match was yeah. a bit basic, but this was the early 90s. This was The Undertaker with his gimmick where he was impervious to pain. It he was, was an actual dead man. This is just, it was it was all right. It was the Ron <laughs> Seal of matches, wasn't it? Does exactly yeah. what it says on the team, and that's Exactly. That. So I think that's where that should go. And finally, the best Undertaker match of all time, Shut regardless of WrestleMania, regardless of anything else. I mean, that entrance with the chariot and the, the, the raven and the fact he was slaying a man that was like 98 feet tall. Come on. <laughs> so we're going to WrestleMania <laughs> 9, of course. Caesar's Palace is dolled up like it's a Roman Coliseum. We've got grown men at ringside dressed in togas. We've got the little microphones that made it look like little Coliseum was things. Was this JR's debut as well? JR's first yeah. call, and he was chucked into a toga. <laughs> into a toga. International, international pay-per-view. The best thing you can say about this match is the Undertaker's entrance, as Sam mentioned there, just, just there. Uh, the vulture on the back of the chariot being driven down to the ring. It was uh, it was obviously during the day, so it didn't really lend itself to an Undertaker entrance, although the lights out thing hadn't really been made. It was always under a spotlight, wasn't he, yeah. in those early days? But this with the green smoke, I think it was there, and the vulture flattening the background. It was a lovely, a lovely sight to see. But that's as good as it got, because as you will, as we I don't know what know, you're on about, because the way this match ends is perfection. No, Sam, It's no, the cleanest, I'm... most sincere, straightforward Undertaker victory of the lot. As we all know, Giant Gonzalez, this is Sam said, nine foot tall, so you presume being that tall will have to ask Adam Pacini, he's the closest thing we know to a Giant <laughs> Gonzalez. Moving your limbs in a coordinated fashion must be hard when they're that, that, that bloody long. So this match against The Undertaker, who wasn't doing his big moves and having five-star matches at this point, was very bad. It was very kick and punch. It was very 1980s arcade-style gaming. But yeah, it was like match. watching Streets of Rage. Yes, I'll pretend to know what that reference means. Um, so it was what it was, but we got to the final stage of the match. And uh, Giant Gonzalez and Harvey Whitman, I think. Like, this is rings. the thing, is like, he just decides, like, I can't do this, lads. I'm not going to be able to... Oh, God, no. Harvey, however. So when you're in... What's that song? Off when you're in trouble and you need a helping hand. What's that song? You whap out an ether-soaked rag and you make your opponent pass out. Handing Undertaker, technically, if you want. I know yeah, Sam, definitely. I, I, I put an asterisk by this one all the time. It's still a victory because it's, it's a DQ victory. It's just a DQ victory at Mania with a chloroform-soaked rag. Like, what is that? 
So there's a blemish on Undertaker's streak here, but this, I, I, we're going to have to put it in the bin, Sam. But it, there is where a special it belongs, place. It, it deserves a deeper place than the bin. It's in the toilet. We're going down to the depths of a, a poo-filled toilet. <laughs> just imagine Bastion the Bugger. Of a poo-filled toilet. Bastion Bugger has just had a massive meal and had a poo, right? And then under that level of floaty poo in the bottom of the toilet is this match. Giant Gonzalez versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania this 9. This is what people what, love, you know, straightforward yeah. wrestling journalism, really serious. Yeah, and you're speaking about what people love. You speak about what people love there, Sam, and what is weirder about all of this scenario here is that somebody backstage loved this utter car crash, car crash mess of a match at WrestleMania 9 that they went and did it again. This feud culminated at the next SummerSlam. Yeah, so Undertaker once again going up against the nine-foot man with the, the Merkin staple to his crotch <laughs> with a muscle suit. But, what yeah. was the deal with that gear? It was just so weird. I don't understand. I'd love to. That's one of the questions. If I could sit Vince McMahon down, would be that. What was the the thinking behind that? Yeah. It might be like the twelfth or thirteenth question I ask Vince McMahon, but all the same. Anyway, that's where that is. I don't know. Obviously, I love WrestleMania Nine, but you've yeah. got to call that thing what it is, and it's utter crap. Terrible. <laughs> Utterly terrible. Yeah. Awful. So there we have come to the end of this tier rank, and let's go through this tier. Tier by tier, in the bin, we have WrestleMania 15 and Big Boss Man's hanging. We have the streak, pardon me, pardon me, how unprofessional. We have the streak ending and the way it did at WrestleMania 30. Then next to the bin, we have Bastion Booger's used toilet and WrestleMania 9. Then just about bearable, with context in mind and how great the feud was in the story. The match itself was just about bearable. It was fine, wasn't it? It wasn't as good as it should have been. Then we have WrestleMania, Psycho Sid. Was it WrestleMania 11, 12? I've gone uh, blank 13, here. 13, I think. 13. Yeah. Uh, and Sean and Brett and all the run-ins and whatnot. That was sort of hampered. Then we get to WrestleMania 20. No, it's not the return. That is just about bearable. <laughs> it's the bell-to-bell -bell action that we saw that was just about bearable. Then we get a WrestleMania 19. Once again, it was a bit of a nothing feud, wasn't it? With the, the, it was just the, slapped together. Yeah. Then we get to the King Kong Bundy match. That was just all right. The very definition of all right. Then we get the 22 against Mark Henry. Once again, that was just all right. It was a 10-minute casket match at WrestleMania. Yeah. Then we get to the two star-making victories against two established names that did their purpose. They were exactly what they had to be. They are all right. That is fine, isn't it, Sam? Nothing yeah, has to move I, so honestly, far. Honestly, I think that's bang on. Lovely. Then we get to lovely, lovely, lovely. We have WrestleMania 27 against Triple H. We have WrestleMania 29 against CM Punk. We have WrestleMania 21, the first match where the streak could have ended against Randy Orton. Well, you know, they all could have ended where, yeah. where it felt like it could have ended. Uh, then we have WrestleMania 17 against Triple H and Mike Kyoto's wonderful death. Then we have the match against Diesel. And then we have the match against Ric Flair, 18 and 24 against Edge. I think Edge should be moved up there, me. I think Edge is, that yeah, match was fantastic. The whole story of how he, had, he threw... Oh, we've, we've talked about it already. Then we have the best tier, the best professional wrestler match of all time, perhaps. You might disagree, you probably do. Uh, Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 25. Batista at 23. A massive hoss-off was amazing. Then we have 26, Shawn Michaels' retirement. The final stages of that match has got to get that match into the best tier. Then we have the end of an era Hell in a Cell match. That, that speaks for itself. And yes. then obviously Edge there as well in the best tier. Sam, are you changing anything from that rank in there? To be honest, I think they all deserve that slot. What about you? 
I think I'm perfectly fine with that. I know yeah. it's going to rile people up who don't understand that we're judging this within the context of what they are, but that's by the by. What's new here? Tea lists upset people, don't they? I don't yeah. let it get to me. I don't <laughs> let it get to me. Um, but that's it for this tier ranking for The Undertaker streak at WrestleMania. Sam, any closing thoughts before we wrap this up? No, just everybody stay safe and have fun in quarantine, really. Exactly, yes. Keep yourselves yeah. safe. Don't take any unnecessary trips out the house. If you need to go to the shops, put a mask on. Get a cane mask. Put it on. Wear some gloves. <laughs> Don't touch any unprotected surfaces without washing your hands straight away after all that malarkey. We'll see you next time on a WrestleMania-related tier-ranking thing. Wait to the camera, Sam. Say bye. 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 Yeah. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Cultaholic.